This is Packers Now. Kyle Rogers looking. Throws left side of the end zone. Yes! Touchdown! Place for all your Packers news. Lost it over the left side into the end zone. Intercepted! Get the latest updates on the green and gold. Snap to Aaron Rodgers. Sets, fires, right side. Got Jordan Kelly at the 30. Touchdown! It's always Packers season at Packers Now. Right here, right now. And the Packers are going to the NFC Championship game. I'm your host, Ben Krakowski, and the Packers have finished up their final preseason game Thursday night. And it was Jordan Love's kind of final opportunity to show the world what he was truly capable of. And while he looked better than he did a year ago, he just didn't really produce like I really was hoping he would. He finished with technically his worst performance of the preseason on Thursday. He did face off against a majority of the Chiefs starters on defense, which definitely hurt him because the Packers were playing with none of their uh, offensive weapons that they would desire. Um, and so that makes it difficult on Jordan Love, but he was playing with our pretty close to preferred offensive line. So Jordan Love tried to make a big play before the half through an interception. And for most of this game, Love was under pressure. He really didn't stand a chance to make plays. His guys weren't really getting open. And for the most part, he, he, he really wasn't missing throws. They just <clears throat> There just weren't many throws really available to him. So Jordan Love, I don't know if this is a game you kind of chalk up as really his fault. I think it just wasn't really what I was hoping to see and what a lot of, I think, NFL teams out there were hoping to see as they look to the quarterback of their future of their team uh, this upcoming offseason. I thought, I truly believe, had Jordan Love shined in this game, a team might have been willing to trade a late first, early second round pick for Jordan Love this upcoming offseason. Now, unless something monumental happens, I think the Packers would be lucky to get a late second or third round pick for him this upcoming offseason. <clears throat> this offseason, the Packers will have to make a decision whether or not they would want to put the fifth-year option on uh, Jordan Love's rookie contract, which guarantees his contract in 2024 uh, at around $20 million, which is insane for a guy who might not even play because Aaron Rodgers actually is still on contract in 2024 as well. And it might be crazy because He's just not that good. Uh, right now, he looks like just a backup QB. So I would not be willing to pick up that option if I were the Packers management. And so it'll be interesting to see what the Packers do this upcoming offseason with Jordan Love uh, on contract at, for the same exact amount of time as Aaron Rodgers. Moving on, though, the Packers are in a pickle over the next four days as they have, uh, by August 30th, they have to cut down this roster from 79 players all the way down to 53. And this exercise is just so, so difficult to predict because the hardest part about it is you have to not just do what's best for your football team, but also you must consider which player other teams might value the most. For example, maybe I want to keep two players, a young and up-and-coming up safety who's going to be a huge part of my special teams, and the other player is a receiver who's made huge strides Um uh, at times he's played at a really, really high level, but recently has really fallen off a cliff over the last year or two. Doesn't look to be making a true impact on your roster anywhere except as maybe a fifth string guy. Um, but you really like the guys you have behind him. Even here, other teams might value that receiver 
And so while that receiver might not be the best choice for your team, the safety, uh, nobody else is going to pick him up. And you can stash him on your practice squad and each week make him an active player if you desire to. So this is the hard part about this whole process. It's just trying to figure out which players will be valued and how to play the game of final cuts. So uh, we're going to run through this exercise. We're going to go through each position group and kind of come to a 53. This is what I would do. Might not be exactly what the Packers would do. I'll explain the reason why, but hopefully it makes a lot of sense for you guys as you kind of start to understand who's left on this roster. The Packers, I think, at QB are going to keep Aaron Rodgers and Jordan Love. That's pretty easy. Danny Danny Etling, I think, will be our practice squad QB for the season. Um, at running back, uh, or one thing to say about Danny Etling, I think he can make it to our practice squad. He's been on practice squads before. I don't see that as a huge issue. Only thing I would maybe be worried about, I know the Lions are in a unique situation with their backup quarterbacks. They do not like what they got over there, um, Tim Boyle and David Blau. Um, so if that were to happen, it would be a bummer, but we could get Tim Boyle over here as our practice squad quarterback if he did not uh, make it with the Lions because they signed a guy like Danny Etling. So, but other than that, I think Danny Etling will make it to our practice squad. At running back, I think we're going to keep three running backs, okay? The Packers will be keeping Aaron Jones, A.J. Dillon. And while da- Tyler Goodson has not been the most efficient runner, he is electric when he does get space. I really like Goodson, and what I see in him is the same things I saw in Aaron Jones early on in his career as well. Quick, fast, elusive. And the only knock on Goodson is that he is a little light. And because he's light, he might not be able be able to hold up in pass protection very well, which I get is a big deal unless you send him out on a pass concept, but it's, it's, it's not everything. Okay. Also, this guy can catch a pass, make something out of nothing, nothing. He's got moves, yak ability. And something I see the Packers doing this season to enhance their running game is going back to the 2019, 2020 Packers offenses with insanely productive and efficient running games. And that was because they included a lot of jet sweep motions. You see this as well in the Sean McVay offenses a ton with Robert Woods, Cooper Cup back in the day as well. And it just really adds a huge layer because the linebackers are just kind of all over the place with all the different movement that's going on in the backfield. It's exhausting for players um, though on offense and you need a ton of guys who can go out there and do this. And so I really think Tyler Goodson could also play this role. Uh, When the Packers did have Tyler Irvin, uh, they he, they usually did this about 10 plays a game. Their efficiency numbers were through the roof when they, when they did this. I think Goodson, with how quick, elusive, he could train in this role as well as a running back. Uh, he, he could also help us out on special teams as well. Um, so um, the Packers really do like Kylan Hill. He still is on the PUP, and because of that, the Packers can keep him there and not have to count towards our 53-man roster. And Later on, they can decide if he is better than Tyler Goodson or if he's fully healthy. Um, uh, even looking to the future, though, I, there's a really good chance that Aaron Jones is not on this roster next season with how tight our salary cap is looking uh, right now. And either Kylan Hill or Tyler Goodson could have to take his place in this offense. Hopefully, Aaron Jones can look really good. We can trade him away. We'll have to see what happens next year. But... Um, yeah, I think you could have considered guys like Patrick Taylor here. He's about 30 pounds heavier, probably more useful in special teams, probably better pass protector, but I don't think that's the right move. And I think 
we'll try to get Taylor on our practice squad. So we'll keep those three guys, Tyler Goodson, Aaron Jones, AJ Dillon. At receiver, here's where I think things are going to get interesting. Before Thursday's preseason game uh, against the Chiefs, I would have chosen to keep Juwan Winfrey as the final receiver on our roster. But after watching that game, I think Samori Torre is way closer to making this final roster. The Packers drafted Torre for a reason, and that reason was not because of what he could do as a receiver this season. It was because of his athleticism and what he could add to the special teams unit. Torre is a significant option as a gunner, and on kickoff with his speed, he could be a real asset, and I think his ceiling is very high. We saw in his preseason action, specifically in this last game, he was open and targeted constantly. He finished that game with six catches on eight targets, PFF grade of 77.1. He should have caught that last pass as well if it wasn't for a pass interference. That was so, so obvious. Wasn't called, which is kind of frustrating, but whatever, it's the preseason. I like Juwan Winfrey. I really do, but I think the potential for Torre to develop into something is there, and I think he is more athletic, could be just as helpful anywhere on special teams. And realistically... How many snaps on offense would Juwan Winfrey even play in a game? The only reason he played in the regular season last year was because of injuries. Right now, he's not going to play over Sammy Watkins. He's not going to play over Christian Watson, Romeo Dobbs, Alan Lazard, Randall Cobb, or Amari Rogers. The only real reason he would play would be as a big slot for this offense if Alan Lazard gets hurt. Now, there's a chance that Juwan Winfrey gets picked up. But also, he didn't get picked up last year when he was cut. So I think we have to take that chance. Keeping seven receivers, Lazard, Watkins, Cobb, Dobbs, Watson, Rogers, and Toure, I think the Packers really, um, I think that's the best way to go. I think they should hope to get Juwan Winfrey, Danny Davis, Travis Fulgham on the practice squad. I do believe Juwan Winfrey or Travis Fulgham both have a real chance with proper development to be a backup Alan Lazard as a power slot type of option for our offense if he goes down. And being able to stash that one of those guys, hopefully both of those guys on our practice squad would be huge. Now, at tight end, in reality, there was not much competition. Mercedes Lewis, Robert Tunyon, Josiah Deguara, all going to be on this team. The other guys we had, Elise Mack, Nick Becker, both got hurt in this last game. Sal Canela, who I uncontrollably call Tom Crabtree every time I see him as he wears number 80, looks just like the guy with the helmet on. He's not super talented, so I don't see Canela staying around. I think the Packers like keeping four tight ends. They do it often. I think that's the direction they're going to go here. Um, Uh... And they're going to keep Tyler Davis on this roster as well. He ran with the ones this week still, even though he's struggled at times. I think the Packers could be searching waivers. They could be, this might be a spot where they think about, about a trade too. Um, there are spots um, where the Packers could trade for a tight end, maybe for a seventh round pick, cut Tyler Davis. Uh, what What are the Broncos going to do with Albert O um, on their roster? Uh, this is a guy who, does not fit in necessarily over there. It seems like he's not getting a ton of action. Would they be willing to train him away if he's their third, fourth string tight end right now? And could the Packers get him in here, get rid of Tyler Davis? Cause Alberto is, he is a athletic freak. He's huge. He can run the middle of the field, which would be essential for this Packers offense. If Robert Tunyon is not the same player he was in 2020 when he led the NFL in touchdown catches, Alberto could step in, be that guy if he can learn this offense. So that is something to consider is here's a possible trade. I think the Packers should look into at least. And then offensive line, the last group on offense. This is probably the hardest spot for me. We've talked about this in depth, even had a whole podcast on this uh, last week. Right now it looks like the Packers in week one, I expect Elton Jenkins to be ready to play. I think they'll start Josh Nijman, John Ronan, Josh Myers, Jake Hansen, and then 
Elkin Jenkins. That leaves <clears throat> David Bakhtiari on the roster, but not ready to play yet. That leaves Zach Tom to back up left guard and left tackle. Jake Hansen is the backup center. Royce Newman is the backup right guard, right tackle. Sean Ryan, a developing third-round rookie who is not ready to play whatsoever. And it's kind of frustrating, but he will take up a roster spot. I wasn't jumping up and down when the Packers drafted Sean Ryan. I didn't think he was a good pick at all. Would have much preferred had the Packers traded up for Bernard Raymond, who had a great game for the Colts last week. Anyways, though, that is nine offensive linemen already. We already traded away Cole Van Landon because we had too many quality depth pieces on this offensive line. And now there's the problem is, no, though, there are still two guys who I wish we could keep. One of those guys has been phenomenal for the Packers. Um, he stood out more than anyone else other than probably Zach Tom. Caleb Jones, who has played only left tackle for the Packers this preseason, preseason has an 85 overall PFF grade on just under 100 snaps, which is awesome. This guy's a freak show, basically an undrafted Mackay Becton. He's six foot nine, 370 pounds. This is the offensive tackle you bring in as a tight end on the goal line type of player. He's a freaking behemoth. There are teams throughout the NFL who would love to have a decent offensive tackle, and Caleb Jones has played so well in the preseason that I truly think a team will pick him up off waivers onto their final 53-man roster if the Packers cut him and expect him to make it to their practice squad. Caleb Jones, I don't think he won't make it. Uh, Currently, the Packers pay uh, literally nobody on their offensive line other than David Bakhtiari, which is awesome and so helpful. All of these other players are on rookie contracts, which makes them great depth pieces and guys you want to keep and see if they can develop. And that's why I was thinking about trying to trade somebody away, but you need the depth um, because, because Elton Jenkins and David Bakhtiari are so... Like we're, we're excited to have them back, but you can't be 100% sure about that. But it's also hard to justify having 10 offensive linemen because then that puts the Packers at 26 players on offense the Packers would be choosing to keep. The only out option out there I really see is the Packers trading one of these other offensive linemen away. I do hate that. Like I said, I don't like it because I would say, hey, trade Royce Newman. He was awful last season. Yeah, he was still a starter though. The whole regular season as a rookie, which is pretty hard to do as an offensive lineman. Uh, to go out there and play really good. And there's a lot of potential for him to, to develop. A lot of offensive linemen develop in year three, year four into the players they truly become. And so the Packers also obviously liked what they saw from last year. They would not started him. They started him over veteran Lucas Patrick last year. So we're going to have to remember this. But right now, the Packers look like they're going to keep 10 guys on the offensive line, offensive line, which would put them at 26 players on offense. And offensive players usually aren't that essential when you think about building a great special teams. Um, One more thought, for whatever reason, the Packers seem like they're really content with starting Jake Hansen or Royce Newman next week, which blows my mind. Zach Thomas played amazing wherever they have asked him to play. I think they should... I think he deserves a chance to start at right guard because if we were talking about getting the best five players on the field, which is what Matt LaFleur preaches constantly, would be that Bakhtiari would be at left tackle, John Runyon, left guard, Josh Myers center, Zach Tom, right guard, Elton Jenkins, right tackle. And one final thought about the offensive line. There are so many franchises out there that would die for a quality offensive tackle. If Bakhtiari is healthy before the trade deadline and the Packers feel confident in either Kill Jones or Zach Tom, Stepping into playoff as a tackle, the Packers should consider trading away Josh Nijman at that time. Nijman has basically not been cross-trained at all to play any position other than left tackle, but he's been simply okay as a left tackle when he's been called upon. 
but a lot of people out there believe Nijman played very well in his starts last season, while I don't think so as much. But if the Packers are confident in the health of Bakhtiari before the trade deadline, it might be worth it to trade Nijman away for a draft pick before he hits free agency next offseason anyways. But that doesn't help our current numbers problem right now. Just something to consider. On the practice squad, the Packers hopefully will be able to keep Rashad uh, Rashid Walker, their seventh-round pick, who was dealing with a knee injury, didn't get much playing time in the preseason until the final game. But he did play fairly fairly well, but I think since he was playing in the second half against lower competition, I don't think any team will pick him up off waivers to their final 53. So I think he should be good to go. So on defense, we're going to be really... We'll have to consider where we're going to drop a guy. I think I have a good idea. But on the interior defensive line, I think... Uh, <clears throat> I think the Packers have a secret. I thought they had a secret up their sleeve this whole time um, with one player, specifically Dean Lowry. I, th- I had previously thought Dean Lowry was an easy cut candidate to save the Packers five and a half million dollars. But after further research, I'm taking that back. Okay. I was wrong about Dean Lowry over the last five games of the regular season last year, the Packers and Dean Lowry must have figured out the best way to use him because he played sensational over that time period for all interior defensive linemen in the NFL, all of them, who played all five of those games, there was no bye week during that time. There was only one player who played better than Lowry did during that time, and that was Aaron Donald. Lowry really put it all together to finish last season, and the Packers luckily believe that player is coming back this season because the Packers really don't have much depth at all. I thought they did. They don't. The Packers are going to start Dean Lowry, Kenny Clark, and John Reed in their base defense. TJ Slayton may come in at times at nose tackle to allow Clark to move over. But after that, I do not see a lot of guys <clears throat> I am liking right now on this interior defensive line. Rookie first round pick Devontae Wyatt is very similar to third round pick Sean Ryan. Looks nowhere close to being a useful player this season. Even though everyone was saying, quote, he's he's NFL ready being 24 years old. It's ridiculous. He was a man playing against boys, basically being that old in college. And that's why he looks so good. Truly a waste of a pick, and I'm sorry to be so frank. Obviously, I hope I'm wrong, but at the moment, it doesn't seem like that's the case. He will take up a fifth spot as because you're not going to cut him, obviously. He's, he could develop, but I'm just frustrated that he's not ready to play right away. And now <clears throat> the Packers just have to have at least one more interior defense lineman. And based off the preseason and just the fact that he made the roster last year, I think Jack Heflin has to be that guy. He's smart. He works hard. Always in the right place. He's not amazing by any means, but he does his job. And he had the highest PFF grade of all interior def- defensive linemen left on this roster. Hopefully, the Packers can add Chris Slayton, Jonathan Ford, their practice squads. Hopefully, even upgrade their practice squad with a few others who they could convince that there's a real chance they could take uh, they could take the likes of Jack Heflin's spot, maybe. And the future is open to make this roster next offseason with a lot of spots open on the interior defensive line. Edge rusher, edge rusher I, think, I think this has got to be the place where the Packers are going to have to take a chance. After keeping five edge rushers last season, I think they're only going to be able to keep four because the Packers are keeping 26 players on offense. This is not ideal, and it's a very risky move, but the guys the Packers would be choosing to stay on this roster uh, as the fifth edge rusher are guys who have been on our practice squad before, haven't done anything really special that would make them guys who are going to get signed by other franchises. So I think the Packers will keep Preston Smith, Rashawn Gary, J.J. Nagbury, and Jonathan Garvin. The Packers probably will try to keep as many of these other guys as they can on their practice squad, like Ladarius Hamilton, Tipa Naliai, and even Kobe Jones. 
Here's a spot, though, where I could see the Packers looking for an upgrade, a more certain veteran edge rusher option to replace Jonathan Garvin. I don't really see the upside from Garvin like I do from Menagbury, and there are still guys out there, one of which is Trey Flowers, a guy who has played at a high level. He's just 29 years old, but in 2020, he broke his arm, only played seven games, and then in 2021, he he only played seven games because of a nagging knee injury. The Dolphins worked out Trey Flowers this week on Wednesday, and uh, they they want to bolster their pass rush as well. And after the final 53-man roster is finalized, this would be the move I make and cut Jonathan Garvin to add a more capable threat as a pass rusher for the Packers. Now, one of the most important parts of your special teams are your linebackers, and I think the Packers here with our linebackers are going to keep four inside linebackers. Devondre Campbell, Quay Walker are your starters. Walker had his best game of the preseason. He just looked like he was playing at full speed finally. Awesome to see. He had a 71.1 overall PFF grade, played great in coverage. Then Chris Barnes, Isaiah McDuffie will be the other inside linebackers we keep. Both of these guys, I think, can still develop. But even more importantly, all three of these bottom linebackers can play special teams at a, and at a high level. This means the Packers will be letting longtime Packers tie Summers go, but definitely will be a guy they try to bring back to their practice squad probably along with Ray Wilborn as well. The Packers here, after interior defensive line, edge rusher, inside linebacker, um, the Packers have 14 spots taken up, which gives them about 10 spots left for their defensive backs. And at corner, I think the Packers are going to would keep six initially, but with all the injuries the Packers have faced at safety, I think it's going to be too difficult to do that. Obviously, the Packers will keep Jair, Alexander, Eric Stokes, Rasul Douglas, now, I also think Keyshawn Nixon has a good chance of making this roster. He got first-team reps when Douglas played safety last Tuesday, but he really hasn't played super well. He's barely played any regular season snaps when he was with the Raiders. Um, then there is guys like Shamarjin Charles, Ke- Keandre Thomas, both guys who played okay this preseason, nothing special. Honestly, nothing on the field has really made any three of these guys stick out more than another one. It makes me truly wonder if it really matters which guy we keep. I honestly assume the Packers know best, and by the reps Keyshawn Nixon received in practice with the first team, that must be the guy they trust the most. And honestly, I would take my chances that one of those other two guys make it through waivers to the practice squad um, and instead have Rico Gafford as my fifth and final cornerback on my roster. Rich Passaccia is going to have Gafford circled, fighting to make the final cuts. And he should because he's developing as a former receiver turned cornerback. But the big thing is his 4-2-2 speed is uncoachable. That's It's an insanely fast guy. He could be really useful as a gunner on our special teams, on kickoff, um, as a kick returner even. Uh, Pat O'Donnell, we saw in Thursday's game, he can punt the heck out of the ball, but his hang time isn't always great. So if he punts it so far, it does lead to huge returns as well. You need someone who can fly down the field, and Gafford could do just that. Hopefully, the Packers could get Shamar Jean Charles, Keandre Thomas, and even KB Onento onto our practice squad. I think we're going to want a lot of corners, safeties on there as possible. The Packers then at safety obviously have Darnell Savage, Adrian Amos, but Savage is still out with that hamstring injury. This leaves the likes of Dalen Levitt, Tariq Carpenter, Sean Davis, Micah Abernathy, and Enid. Innis Gaines for three spots. Okay. I believe the Packers could have easily cut Dylan Levitt since he's been hurt, but I think they really like him. He was the desired starter in the first preseason game. He did start. 
Um, he looks like a missile when on the field. They like what he can do for our special teams. Now, I think the plan is the Packers are going to bring him through the, to the final 53 and then put him on IR, opening up a spot for the Packers to sign one more guy. Now, because of the injury to Darnell Savage, because of an injured um, Dalen Levitt, they're going to bring on the roster as well. I think the Packers have to still add two more safeties, which leaves um, the fa- or it leaves three guys: Tree Carpenter, uh, Ennis Gain, Sean Davis, Micah Abernathy. Now, because of the injury to Darnell Savage, the Packers are going to need a safety ready to play for Week One on defense. Okay. Uh, guys who can actually play defense. And right now, safety Tariq Carpenter is not ready to do that. Tariq, I love his athleticism. He's he's an insane pl- athlete. He could be an important part of the special teams unit. I think he has the ability to develop into a depth safety, but right now he's not quite there. And so I think he's going to get cut behind because of that. And his gains also... Uh, He's injured, so I think he's going to get cut as well, which leaves Sean Davis, who's practiced with the ones at times, and Micah Abernathy, who's played the best football at safety of anybody on our team in the preseason. So I think those are the two guys we'll keep, which leaves hopefully the Packers are able to pick up Tariq Carpenter and Innis Gaines onto our practice squad. Uh, and then on the specials, um, we'll keep just three guys. I think the Packers have found their long snapper, hopefully. Um, in uh, Jack Coco. Um, hopefully everyone can start to come together here. Hopefully Mason Crosby, who's missed the whole training camp with a small knee surgery about six weeks ago. Hopefully he can, he's been playing it safe. Um, hopefully he'll be ready for week one here. Um, the Packers do have Ramiz Ahmad um, ready to go. If Mason Crosby is not ready to be the guy, I think they'll probably add Ramiz Ahmad to the practice squad. Hopefully, Um, so he's still training and still with the team. Uh, and then, uh, Pat O'Donnell is be our punter moving forward. So the craziest part about this whole process, um, that was a lot to go through. I just went through every single position. That's 53 guys, um, that we were able to land on. Usually though, it's not this easy because this is an insanely healthy Packers team. As I went through each position group, there were a few guys injured, uh, running back, Kylan Hill, safeties. Dylan Levitt, Ennis Gaines, Darnell Savage, and kicker Mason Crosby. But really right there, no major guys seriously injured. The only major guys are Darnell Savage and Mason Crosby, but they're both hopeful to play in week one, okay? And then Christian Watson, Bakhtiari, Jenkins, Tunyon are coming off PUP. But I think they will be ready within the first few weeks of the season as well. This is great news for the Packers. This is a very healthy team going into the regular season, which should really bode well for the Packers. Usually the Packers have this weird thing where they have to bring several players onto the 53-man roster just to put them on the IR, and then you sign a few more players. And then you lose a couple guys you wish you had. Luckily, it won't have to work like this this year, like that this year, and the guys we are adding for the most part are just the guys we're going to have. Be ready for the next Tuesday to Wednesday when the final cuts do happen. It's going to be a crazy 24 hours as the Packers will have to decide if it's worth it to go after a guy or two after all the cuts are final. But for now, that's my predicted final 53-man roster. That's all we have today, folks. Um, if you haven't already, make sure to subscribe. Give me a review so I can hear what you guys think about the podcast. Tell your friends about Packers now so that they can get all the latest updates on the green and gold because it's always Packers season at Packers Now. Thanks, guys.